0: Jason Grill, welcome to Donatology. Hey, man, it's great to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on the, the podcast. Of course, I love it. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great to
1: be It's great to be here. I've got my donut, I've got my coffee. I'm excited. Uh, uh, been yeah, no, I've you already for, dug in. Known you for what, about a year or two?
0: Yeah, it's been about that. I uh, came on Grill Nation, which is an uh, awesome radio show. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, just kind of tell us. Saturdays, our, 4 to 5 on 9.80 a.m. Absolutely. Get that plug in. So tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you've been up to. So I am an entrepreneur uh, and an attorney
1: by trade. I am uh, a lawyer. I got into the political world. I served in the Missouri legislature. I've been interned in the White House and at CNN. And throughout that journey in politics and law afterwards, I started my own business to cut to the chase to do a lot of uh, my own media work, uh, you know, writing TV, radio, as well as consulting. So I do a lot of public affairs, public policy, media relations, crisis comms, consulting uh, through j Girl Media, but also my senior advisor at a company called Paris Communications. Um, met Roshan Paris a, w- a while back, about five years ago, we hit it off. And so I do a lot of work for them as well on a lot of those similar issues, uh, a lot of crisis communications, a lot of PR and whatnot. And <clears throat> on the side, I host Grill Nation Show, um, where I talk to cool people like you and and uh, hear their stories about their backgrounds and, and what made them successful. Yeah, so I mean, what
0: is your background?
1: My background is um, <clears throat> basically in a lot of different things, I guess, uh, entrepreneurship, law, politics. I grew up here, uh, grew up in Kansas City, have lived in Italy, have lived in DC, but came back to Kansas What'd City. what did you do in Italy? Studied abroad, okay, Ro- Roma, awesome. yeah. uh, when I was in college. Uh, lit- went to St. Louis University for undergrad, an economics major poli-sci minor, and then uh, Mizzou Law School. Uh, in between, lived in D.C. for a couple internship stints. Always found my way back to Kansas City. Uh, grew up a Northland kid, went to St. Pius the X. Um, now I live in the Loose Park, Brookside area. It's a great neighborhood,
0: and I love Kansas City. And you've done a lot to your house. I have to say, I've been following <laughs> the progress on Instagram. So I'm and-
1: very excited about my uh, backyard remodel. I uh, did a lot of work on it with uh, a great company here, and then my friends helped me build a... <clears throat> indoor outdoor uh, garage bar
0: so I love it and so. maybe the future site of a new media project <laughs> for you hopefully we'll have you come on and do the outdoor uh, the outdoor interview absolutely at some point and play some uh, golf in the backyard I love it so with politics and law you know they obviously go hand in hand I mean was there a defining moment for you when you decided hey I'm gonna run for office well, so I did the uh, I caught the bug when I did the D.C. internship. Uh, I
1: know you know a lot about that stuff with the uh, Clinton administration in 2000. Sure. I ended up working. I got displaced from the uh, economic development uh, office into the vice president's office on day one.
0: Day and, one. Uh,
1: yeah, they moved us around, and I was really excited to work on economic development with uh, economic policies, Gene Sterling. But then I thought, you know what? It might be smart to go work in the vice presidential office. He is running for president. Uh, for one of his senior advisors. So I worked on empowerment zones, enterprise zones, and that kind of really, I caught the bug. So I thought my future was in D.C. Uh, Gore wins the presidential race. I was excited on election night. Uh, We all know what happened with Florida and hanging chads. Yeah. So I came back here and and finished, but that was kind of where I got the taste of it. While I was in law school at Mizzou, uh, Andrew, I went back to D.C., interned at CNN. but uh, came back and also did an internship in Jeff City. Uh, who was the, the
0: correspondent for CNN at the time?
1: I worked. Oh, uh, John oh, yeah. King was okay. the White House correspondent. Okay. I worked with a guy named Brooks Jackson, who was basically the first person who founded the, uh, the political reality check. So he, like, did okay, yeah. commercials. He's founded, follow the, follow, he founded uh, FactCheck.org. Uh, awesome. And so that was really cool. And uh, he was on air lot. I got to meet Wolf Blitzer, John King, Tucker Carlson was there at the time on Crossfire. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it was a great internship. But my point is around that is I've always liked media and politics and law. And so, but I came back here and I interned in Jeff City and then I kind of got recruited to run for office. Uh, so
0: did you volunteer then on the Gore campaign after your I White did. House
1: internship? Yeah, I went to the DNC convention in LA. I helped out that. Joe Lieberman and Gore. I mean,
0: honestly... I mean, do you have any stories from that campaign? Because that was one of the most defining moments of probably both of our lives in terms of politics. Was
1: it's yeah?
0: I just remember Bill Clinton walking onto the. Uh, so we, so what was really
1: cool that it was in L.A. too, because as an intern we had this or this volunteer. You had you had to put people in their seats and yeah. uh, kind of look at the seating arrangements. Everyone that's worked in advance or logistics understands that. Uh, but, I mean, we're placed in, like, super celebrities. Uh, mm. You know, the L.A. convention really brought out the star power. The economy was good. You know, I remember Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton walking out and, like, all the achievements just racking up. Uh, oh, yeah. and, I, and I was thinking to myself, like, this is, this is a win. I think, I think, you know, after that convention, I thought it was going to be a win. I went to the, and then the after did party. Did you have again.
0: dreams of, like, working in the White House oh, yeah. then at yeah. that yeah. time? So the yeah.
1: senior advisor for Vice President Gore, he featured later became the mayor of Jacksonville, Florida. Now I, I think he's uh, involved with other things, but he was probably going to be elevated to the president's uh, office and uh, senior advisor in economic policy. Wow. So, uh, it was awesome. Uh, great memories. I mean, I remember being at the sky bar and West Hollywood afterwards for the party and you got Sean Connery over here and then next <laughs> to you on the other side is Sean Hannity before Sean Hannity became the Sean Hannity is today. He was a TV guy then. Um, more so but uh but yeah it was it was interesting interesting times I mean I was lucky to have that opportunity and back then when you applied to those things it was all through a book and
0: there was no real
1: yeah you needed a ton of interviews background checks it was good it was good I just caught the bug there and then loved uh um, so then
0: he came back to Missouri one, did. one election for house of reps yeah tell me about your time there you know, it was a, it
1: was a totally uh, interesting job to have. I really enjoyed it. I worked really hard. I mean, we've seen in the recent times just mm. how hard other candidates uh, like Jason Kander worked. Yeah. And he was – I was the youngest state legislator until he got elected two years after me to serve in the state legislature. Great wow. guy. Quentin Lucas, our new mayor, worked his tail off in his campaign. I mean, really it really was about knocking on doors and, and getting out there and, and uh, talking to folks as a young candidate. That's kind of the nature of the game and, and really showing a lot of energy – uh, and so, yeah, it was a really cool time. I really enjoyed campaigning. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, kind of the, 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 policy stuff. I didn't enjoy driving to Jeff city every week Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah that's uh, for six drive. months yeah. a year. Uh, living there was kind of rough, but I met a lot of great people. The job really teaches you to handle a thousand different balls, which in my yeah. career I've had to do with client services and starting my own companies and, and whatnot. And so, uh um, It's just a great experience. I think everyone should get involved in a campaign at some point in their career Mm. or run for office for whether it's school board, whether it's, you know, county office, whether it's state office, whether it's city office, at least get involved. Uh, You know, it was just it was a cool time and it was a really interesting uh, experience as a young person. We got stuff accomplished. I'm very bipartisan.
0: What was your uh, most proud accomplishment or most proud moment?
1: So mine was in uh, 2010. We passed the autism insurance reform bill. Mm. Me and uh, a legislator from St. Louis co-sponsored that together. Uh, Governor Nixon signed it at the time. It, cha- it basically allowed autism uh, therapies to be uh, uh, covered by insurance. At the mm. time, they were not. There was only maybe 15 states that they were. Wow. Uh, and so that was a big step. and now there's many more states. But at the time, you know, all these parents had... No coverage for any sure. of the behavioral therapies and autism was really yeah. becoming a major issue. So that was by far. And, and today it still works. Uh, I get a letter from the governor Nixon uh, talking about what improvements have been made since we passed the bill. So that was Wonderful. by far my my favorite memory. Uh, and then just some of the relationships you formed and, mm. and, and really helping people. And it's it just it was a good experience. Uh, but I'm happy to be back in Kansas City.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, politicians, they during elections, they said they're gonna, they're gonna go fix wherever they're going—Washington, Jeff City. Yeah, we're gonna get things done. Mm-hmm. But don't you think that our government is designed not to get things done?
1: It's it, sometimes it is, but but
0: with I mean on, with intent like that—that's why it was formed that way. So checks that, and balances, yeah. balances
1: of power. I, I agree with that. Uh, it's funny when I've been in office, uh, the first term I had it was all GOP governor, state house. Uh, state Senate, second term. It was uh, governor Democrat, and then what were the years? years, oh six to t- uh, ten, so two terms. Uh, okay, so you- we had Nixon and Bunt as governors at various times in that, uh, but very heavily Republican legislature. I'm a very moderate Democrat. Uh, mm-hmm. My district was much more Republican than Democrat when I got elected, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think you have to find common ground. I think that's. So been how does it, missing, how does it, missing in government these days.
0: <laughs> how does a Democrat get elected then in a Republican district?
1: Work hard, and uh, I had, grew up there. Obviously, that helped. Um, you know, I mean, I'd go to doors, and people would agree with me on most things. I mean, I'm very moderate. Um, and is that, there
0: still room for moderates in today's day so. and age?
1: I hope so. I think it I seems think, like
0: the fringe seems to dominate everything. At least the headlines, obviously, but
1: they do in the uh, in the coverage. You're right. Uh, I think there is. I think we're going to see. Well, we'll see in this presidential race, kind of the way the Democratic Party goes. I mean, there's a ton of moderate uh, centralist Democrats. I mean, I come out of more of the Bill Clinton, um, new kind of Democrat, moderate yeah. uh, cloak, uh, JFK, you know, those more moderate Democrats, the part of the, the liberals, uh, I always would say like, you can't win an election in my district. Uh, there was zero chance as a liberal Democrat. Uh, in Platt County, it was very Republican when I was in office. Mm. Uh, and so you have to really kind of find ways to work with yeah. the other people in the, in the district and get them to support you. I mean, very big entrepreneurial supporter, young company supporter, small business supporter. That always helped. Uh, from a great Catholic family, my parents are great. That helped a lot. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it was yes, it was always factors, hard. I mean, I yeah. knock, knock on a door and I, people would be like, man, I really like you. I really. I, we talked. can We talk. Through, can't, talk can't vote ten, for you, right? We talk through ten issues and they agree with me on nine and ten, and they'd be like, I can't vote for you because you have a D by your name. And I'd say. That's unfortunate, but more people than not, because it was a state uh, election, uh, state house election, would switch tickets back then, uh, mm. which is positive. I, I always think, you know, it's good for people to like vote on the candidate uh, yeah. and give each candidate the right proper screening before you vote, straight I mean, party.
0: If the country was founded today, do you think there would still be two-party system? I mean, because everyone complains about it, but... Yeah. Nothing ever seems to really change on that front.
1: Every one of my friends uh, that is not in politics or worked in politics complains about it. They want an independent. I mean, yeah. half the people wanted me to run as an independent, uh, friends. But I was like, you know, that's not how it works. And uh, I think need, that's going to change. You need resources. Over time. It costs a lot of money to yeah. run. Yeah. and getting on the ballots and all of the all the back end stuff. You know, uh, I, it's going to be interesting if both parties continue to go far to the extremes. Uh, what happens in the middle? And, and there might be room for a third party, but, you know, there's always kind of been, pop up
0: every once in a while throughout the country's history, but yeah. it, nothing ever seems to really gain a lot of traction. There
1: might be a moderate. I mean, we see this in other countries. There's all kinds of yeah. parties, but, um, there, you know, I have more Republican friends now that are, as they say, classic Republicans yeah. more pro business, uh, socially, uh, more liberal, um, mm-hmm. uh, that, are just kind of stuck in the middle. And there's a lot of Democrats that are like that as well. So you never know, right? Yeah. But you can get things accomplished in government. I will say that there is ways if you actually like are open, you listen to all sides, you you present good ideas. Yeah, I guess,
0: you know, obviously, if you get the majority of people behind it, stuff will get done. Yeah, yeah, it will. And And that involves a lot of compromising.
1: And in Missouri, you can do that uh, because there are good coalitions. Yeah. Uh, Now, again, though, on the federal level, it's a lot tougher. Sure. It's just way too partisan. I mean, honestly, I I'm not running for. I pretty much decided after 10, I wasn't going to run in 12. Uh, I just I uh, it's just too partisan at, yeah. at the moment, and it's become more partisan. Although yeah. I think I think if you look at polling, it's there's some instances where you see like the independents and the people that want to actually get stuff done are sure. coming together a
0: little bit. So. You know, right now you're doing a lot of policy advising and um, crisis communications. It's crisis public affairs. Com- public affairs. Yeah, but it's crisis communications, like you see on the show Scandal. Like, is there? I've never
1: li- watched that show, but everyone brings it up. Is yeah, it good? I mean, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, Olivia I, Pope, I enjoyed it. Right? Yeah, yeah,
0: Olivia Pope. I mean, and where you, you know, there's some major crisis. Like, can you walk me through like that sort of process? How does that happen? Like, uh, does someone like a? It's. I assume on the political side? Well, we don't, I don't really work in the political crisis.
1: I work more in the corporate business. Okay.
0: Um, I mean, you don't have to give me a specific example. Well, I could,
1: give you, I could give you a few. So in public affairs, the work I do is I'll work with associations or foundations sure. on ca- connecting the policy recommendations yeah. and figuring all that out and making sure they're aware of what's going on in the local and state level. Uh, I had a great experience working with the Kaufman Foundation through yeah. J Girl Media for six years. On six statement of works, where we basically built a mayors conference on entrepreneurship, connecting mayors to policies that actually can help entrepreneurs. We had over a hundred mayors come to that. Wow! Uh, that was one of my best people I've ever worked with, and that was really gave me energy because mayors are actually making things happen in this country. Um, as far as crises, think of a um, uh, eight alarm fire going off next to a neighborhood where there's embers flying into people's homes. Oh. And, <clears throat> Uh, There is a casualty in a railroad or a uh, multi-development site. Uh, There is a disgruntled employee issue. There is a CEO that won't leave. There is a product liability crisis where people are freaking out. There is a data breach for a uh, department store or a uh, healthcare insurance company. I mean, there's all kinds of different crises. those are more like what we deal with yeah. than the TV show uh, <laughs> yeah. affairs or whatever. Yeah, call.
0: exactly. So, I mean, how do, you, how do you deal with it, though? I mean, what's the strategy? Is it <clears throat> divert, downplay? No, you accept it. a lot of times, you
1: know, if there's a serious issue, you know, you have, to, you have to take a step back and you have to really kind of think about, you know, with lawyers usually if there's a, uh, any kind of damage to property or whatnot mm-hmm. uh, or a death or a casualty or an injury. And sometimes, you know, just admit, say you're sorry. Like the United Airlines example was completely bungled when the guy got dragged off the airplane and the CEO. Oh yeah. The CEO yeah. literally screwed up the statement four or five times. Another recommendation is don't do a press conference right out of the shoot if you have nothing to say to the media. They will not like that. They want to have information. So, you know, you could send out a, a, a statement. You know, as things are getting evaluated. Um, but yeah, it's just to remain calm. It's hard to do if you're the, the principal in the matter and that's kind yeah. of where a company or a person or a group would come in and say, you know, we'll handle the media, we'll, we'll help you with your messaging. Uh, Especially we'll if there's the a, another person
0: involved, like, yeah. you know, there's not always people. Um,
1: a lot of employees sometimes are involved sure. too, yeah. uh, you know, talking to internally to employees about how to handle situations of a member of a press. Uh, specific example, I won't name the name, but a place where there's a lot of young employees. And people from the press, were reaching out to them on Facebook, LinkedIn, and mm. just telling them, like, you know, here's, here's kind of what you should do and the protocols. And, wow. you know, we do crisis communications plans for, we've done them for universities, for uh, all kinds of different people. And just, you can kind of predict potential scenarios that might happen to your business, you know, yep. a data breach. Most people can predict it if they're, if they're dealing with credit a lot. Uh, an active shooter. I mean, yep. a lot of universities have dealt with that, a lot of stores. So there's these things you can work through and, and build kind of plans out. Yeah, before. it's important to have a
0: plan versus yeah. just being purely reactionary yeah. to whatever And So, it so
1: it, that, that's kind of an interesting job for me, or working with Paris Communications and other, with, with our crisis clients. Because, um, you know, it kind of involves the legal aspects. Because usually there's a lawyer involved or a law firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and It's their client, and you have privilege, and you have uh, you have, uh you know, you have certain things lawyers will want to say to the public that PR people would disagree with or sure. vice versa. You have kind of sometimes a political aspect if, you know, it involves a, a major issue in someone's political district, notifying mm. them, working with them, whether it's, you know, if it's a casualty or a fire or a sure. huge event. And then you also have the media aspect. So it really kind of combines those three passions of mine. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it's a it's a, it's a client service space. So, uh, yeah. we've talked about this many sure. times, uh, uh, most stuff I do is client service based. I did co-found a sock company, which is a product-based company, but uh, I want to continue to grow and do more and more, uh, you know, tangible, reoccurring revenue type yeah, of course, of, uh, models, a- Who doesn't? But, <laughs> but yeah, client services is, is stressful, and I know in, in our pre-show notes, I will say the good thing about it that does give me energy is you get to work on some amazing projects. Uh, whether you're in the public affairs space, you know, whether it's. You know, working on the airport project, or a new development, or uh, saving saving a business and a brand in a crisis. I mean, mm-hmm. they combine all these different things. My only my only thing I'll say is that I did not want to be a full time lawyer, as you can tell, because I got into politics. I practiced law at a few firms. I decided I didn't want to do that out of politics and go work at a big firm. Sure. And so, so that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm, I'm kind of juggling a lot of balls, Andrew and.
0: What uh, makes what, it exciting? What really does, though, inspire you? You kind of talked, talked a little bit about your passion there. Um, I mean, what makes you happy? What inspires you? Why are you doing all this? Good question. <laughs> As I <laughs> turned 40 this year, I, I kind of
1: reevaluated all that stuff. Um, I like just building relationships. I'm a relationship yeah. person. I like seeing companies succeed. I like seeing people succeed. It gives me energy. People with energy, like yourself, um, who care about their community and actually want to help grow businesses and grow sure. communities and, and, uh, build that gives me energy. Uh, and that makes me happy. Uh, I'm a pretty positive person, which helps. Uh, I, I run a decent amount. I like to play golf as you do. Yeah. Uh, like family and friends make me happy. Um, so yeah, I just, I do all this stuff and, you know, maybe sometimes on your journey in life, you're always trying to figure out what's best, what's yep. not. And some clients are going to be terrible and some are going to change your life so you know it's a good with the bad i just try to be positive about it
0: yeah so i mean can you talk about maybe a not so good or not so great situation and, <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know maybe about how that. you dealt with it and
1: yeah i mean i just learned I, i'm you know? lucky to have a, a really good mentor my father who uh, is an attorney and has seen about everything in his life started his own law firm Uh, has dealt with tons of different general practice issues uh, as far as divorces and Mm. family law and business law and whatnot. And so uh, he's a good person to talk to and has always kind of helped me out uh, with working. He always said, work harder than your next opponent or your adversary uh, and just treat people kindly. So yeah, so he has helped make, help me through some of those tough situations. I mean, everyone has them, you know, someone doesn't, someone is a bad client. Someone doesn't pay you on time. somebody, somebody, is not the person you thought they were. Somebody Mentors you know, are huge, though. I mean, yeah. I'm
0: glad that you brought that up. because. And Elsa
1: Roshan, working with Roshan and Lori Roberts at Paris, uh, they've seen everything, too. So they're really good people to talk to yeah. as far as uh, advice. And then lastly, my radio show, I've interviewed over six or 700 people throughout the years, yeah. and I've learned so much from them. So I would say I've just... You know, there's always going to be another opportunity. There's always going to be another. There's going to be ups and downs, and just trying to make sure to remain even keel and and not be impulsive. I find too many people in life are somewhat impulsive with their emotions and don't really look at things things, that, yeah, behavior,
0: emotions, you name it. Um, And that's yeah, that's something that I've been working on. Like
1: in business, you can't do that, right?
0: No, you can't. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, like I was eating out a lot. And, you know, I own a restaurant, so i got to be careful what I say here. But, you know... And by ma- the way,
1: let me just say this. I'm going to plug these donuts. Donutology
0: <laughs> makes the best donuts in Kansas City. Highly recommend. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at my credit card bill at the end of the month. I'm like, what am I doing? You know,
1: like... Are we doing this for business? Going out, like, meetings and
0: lunches? And, I mean, sometimes. Yourself? Otherwise, it's, you know, <laughs> Chipotle delivery, you know? <laughs>
1: Or they'll get you on Postmates with that delivery, charge.
0: They will. They will. So I, uh, yeah, I start packing my own lunch on on uh, days that I don't have business meetings. So I've got. Well, I've noticed peanut, you look slimmer these days. I've got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and an apple waiting for me in the back. So I know. would eat
1: donuts every day if I was you. Oh,
0: I, I mean, I still do. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's it's definitely something I've looked at. Is it, yeah. that impulse and um, you know the, I, I felt like it might have fulfilled me, you know, for that one hour of lunch but then you know the long-term effects just aren't good so that's i will say
1: this i do respect your entrepreneurial skill because when i was growing my own business after politics i had a lot of a decent amount of clients and i had the opportunity at that point to hire people and grow and for some reason i wanted to control my own time at that young age and sure have the ability to do a bunch of different things and so i partnered up with different agencies and different communications firms for back and support and uh, didn't make that leap to hire a bunch of people to grow my well, company. Uh, so it's everything you know, that's it, times. But, but
0: grass is always greener, right? So I would I also... I was afraid s- of
1: health insurance and you're not afraid <laughs> Well,
0: <laughs> I, I would say probably somewhere in the middle of your view and then my view on that matter is probably the right answer because, yeah. um, you know, we, we were up to 95 employees and, wow. you know, the donuts, they sell themselves but man- managing people is... So tough. That's probably the number one challenge, I think, of entrepreneurs is is dealing with that and all the ups and downs of the, the business itself.
1: So are donuts, like, uh, recession-proof?
0: I would say, yeah, because like of their low and- price point.
1: Okay. So I've always been told, like, in a recession, you always... Liquor and alcohol, while we sell, them. they will. Uh, movies, for the most part, over history, have people still go to the movies even during a recession. Interesting. Maybe, maybe not as high, but people at AMC have told me that. Maybe I should. Check facts. <laughs> yeah, let's let's, let's and check. And now facts. donuts. Donuts apparently are always consumable, uh, no matter if there's a recession or the economy's good, huh?
0: Yeah, we've grown every year um, since we've been in business, so it's been it's been good, and. You know, it sounds like we might be having another recession. I don't know if that's in your wheelhouse or not, but do you have any comments on where <laughs> we're headed there?
1: I've heard about that. Um, it's funny because, like, I hear this every year. Yeah, and it hasn't happened yet. Like the last few years, they've
0: well, because one year they're going to be right. Yeah, they just cry I, wolf honestly, every year,
1: right? I, I, I'm envious of my friends that know a lot about finance. Um, I have some investments. I mean, frankly, I was since I was in politics. I had nothing. I mean, we made no. You make no money as a state rep. I mean, you make a thirty-five k. Um, yeah,
0: but they, you know, people hear on the news that, you know, congressmen. U.S. congressmen are making one hundred and forty.
1: That is a big distinction that people don't understand.
0: Right, and lifetime yeah. pension and all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I never saved anything because throughout that time, I mean, very little if anything. And so I just started investing a little bit uh, when I started my own companies, but uh, but yeah, as far as the recession, man. I hope not. Uh, I'm very pro. Let's keep growing the economy. Yep. Uh, but it does kind of scare you as a business owner, I assume.
0: It yeah, it, it does a little bit. Even if we are recession proof, um, on the consumer side, we do a lot of B two B, you know, corporate uh, catering events, and yeah, That's I'm good. sure they'll uh, they'll cut down on their donut spending <laughs> if they're not making money too. But I will say too, I've we've had a lot of people in the media on this podcast. And I always like asking their perspective on fake news. Okay. And given, you know, you you go on the TV, you go on TV a lot and have to get political commentary. What are your views on on journalism and and fake news? And has it really changed throughout the years? Or is this, you know, an, an actual big crisis that we're facing? I
1: think it has changed to the point that it's changed that everyone can be a journalist now. Everyone it's has true. a camera in their hand or a phone. Everyone can. Anyone can start be a, a podcaster. Anyone, <laughs> yes, anyone can be a podcaster, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I mean, I started a radio show. I started writing for, uh, contributing to HuffPo. I do Fox Four. I did Fox Four political Analyst. I did KCPT Ruckus. I mean, you anyone can write a book. I mean, there's so many different things. I think that as far as the media you know, the media is like us. They have a job to do. Yeah. Uh, I think for the most part, most people in the media are good people, very good people, actually, that work really hard uh, on a daily basis. You don't, under- a lot of people don't understand those people that people that you see uh, doing a story. I mean, they got to write all that content. They have to put a- cut the story together. Yep. The on-air people, they don't make a ton of money. And you know what? They, they work really hard. And for the most part, in Kansas City, I think almost all of them are fair. Uh, I would
0: and, say that, too.
1: And on a national level, I mean, maybe they're going to be a little more, um, you know, intense, I guess, or, or, or bulldozing.
0: But, it, but Is there a lot of hidden corporate agendas in the media? I mean, is, is that a big no. motivation on the national level?
1: I mean... It, not really. I mean, yes, there are going to be, like, if you've seen the, the Showtime thing about Roger Ailes, I mean, you kind of know how Fox News was built. I mean. Sure. And, and, and they're, they're, they're an opinion. There's opinion shows. They're opinion shows. I've,
0: and But they're serving an audience. Right. You know, Just like but,
1: MSNBC is. Yeah. CNN, I interned there, and I never saw any kind of uh, agendas or whatnot. I mean, truly, there's a lot of journalists. And I think, for the most part, journalists are good people. I always thought, you know, you need to be friend. This whole thing that President Trump has done uh anti-media i always it it, it totally puts the change the apple cart because yeah and everything i would tell a a client is uh you know respect the media they have a job to do make sure you always get back to them even if you don't have an answer say you'll get back to them when you can Uh, because they're the ones writing the story sure i mean makes sense to treat them kindly
0: so you you've answered a portion which is the journalists you think are are good I mean, but some then, of them might be snarky sometimes. Yeah, but, there's you a know, few.
1: Th- th- they, they, that's, that's that's their livelihood. I mean, you got to sure. respect their livelihood like we were, they would respect ours, hopefully. Yeah.
0: But what about – you said anyone can be a journalist now, though.
1: Well, I mean, I don't I consider mean, it, myself one. You don't consider yourself one no, with a podcast. but right? we
0: have a platform here now. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Maybe 10, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have the same opportunities to do it because – the internet's kind of been a great equalizer in terms of, hey, anyone can say anything about anyone. And or, people
1: know they want to get likes, and, and the, the woke society they need to stay something that's outlandish sometimes, right? Clickbait, yeah. I mean, and, 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 the, and the regular journalists are, journalists are affected by that too. So, so it has changed. It really has because of that. I think that is one of the key things too. Is but hasn't likes. the media
0: always sort of been negative in terms of slant because more people will tune in when it's negative?
1: Oh, you mean like newscasts? Yeah, yeah. Leads? Not even
0: not even biased, but just you know, the majority of the the content's negative.
1: I think there's a lot of negative content, but then there's also a lot of YouTube videos of cats doing things. On, I mean, true, on the you, gotta, local you, gotta news you gotta balance too. it a little bit, right?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know that. I, I I haven't really looked, dived into that enough, but to kind of mix it with the mm-hmm. past versus now. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's why a lot of people don't watch. a lot of local stuff is because they don't want to hear about the negatives. And that's why they don't watch cable news, because they don't want to just have the fight every other night Um, people. Some people just want to have like a regular 530 p.m. Newscast, come like here's what happened and that's it or or a national newscast. It's just not there's no agendas. Now, a lot of these people have Twitter accounts now, right? Sure. So journalists and they're tweeting out because they have to because they need likes, they need clicks, they need they need name recognition, they need to raise things. Uh, And that's frustrating some people in the journalism media too because some of these people are having their own personal viewpoints, whether it's about the president or about you name it.
0: uh, And so I guess my point I'm trying to get out is, do you have any advice for content consumers, people that consume all of this stuff on making sure that they stay sane and happy and not get caught up in the negative spin and, and all that? I mean, Obviously, that's it's impossible. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, because you're going to go to your natural biases unless you're a, an attorney who can see all sides of an
0: issue sure. or
1: an a, a analyst or a data person. But I mean, is that
0: something that people should focus on is, you know, hey, how can I be logical about this content that I'm consuming mm-hmm. versus the contents being designed as to draw an emotional reaction out of you?
1: Yeah, you can be conscious of that. And con- you can make sure that you understand that a lot of these things are opinion based. Sure. And, and I think maybe there should be more disclaimers out there, but uh, with social media, with what we saw on Facebook and uh, the ways that that has changed too, like where there's stories on there that aren't true. And you, yeah. you go to a website and then right. you go to the bottom and there's like, click here to see how something... But it's been around forever, right? I mean, you've had sure. these magazines at, at Walgreens or wherever. That, yeah, yeah. The- I mean, I, I read yesterday that Brad Pitt had plastic surgery. You know? Oh, know He's 50 to keep up. So, I mean... <laughs> uh, i don't know man i I could i could spin the wheels on this question for years but uh i don't know i'm really hoping that the next presidential election does not become uh the last one but i'm worried that it will uh be very uh there'll be a lot of uh untrue things being said sure by both sides at some point because you know there's always those people in the weeds doing content and you know, hopefully that hopefully this, the country is ready for that. I, I worry about the election security. and I worry about just the tenor of that debate.
0: Um, I mean, there's a reason we still have paper ballots. I mean,
1: You know, what's funny is, is a lot of states like Virginia, their governor, McAuliffe, he, uh, he was talking about the computers, like, pressing. Yeah. And he kept pressing Democrat, and the Republican kept popping up. And so they changed the law there to, like, require all paper ballots. Because some states have, have gone away from them. I think they should have them. But it's just so crazy because then we have people like you and technology people that are like, "Man, I would love to go vote if I could just do it from my app on my phone." Yeah, and it's just like we gotta like move forward and increase, increase voting for that, people and that, make it easier. Like one day, like I mean, Missouri, for instance, you, you have, have to have an excuse essentially to do early voting. You know, do an absentee. Mm-hmm, right. Other states, you can vote months and months in advance. I mean, so you gotta make it.
0: I mean, I know, I know that, that's a tough thing too with the phone. I, I would love that, but then they Imagine argue. Imagine if you could
1: go online and do a survey on election day.
0: How but, that would change your. But voting. then they talk about voter intimidation. Like you could be at home and like someone could have a gun to your head, saying vote for this guy. Oh yeah. Or
1: girl. Good point. So so that's why we probably just will keep it like it is. And in 100 years from now, <laughs> I
0: know it's... people will be walking
1: into a polling place at their local church or their, or their local <laughs> it's school. has got to be something though. And you'll see a you'll see a young. Uh, politician with the yard sign (laughs) which by the way a lot of politicians hate yard signs i always like them Uh, a lot of like kevin mcmanus came on my show city councilman mayor pro tim gray guy and he's i asked him what one thing do you uh not like about being a politician or whatever and he said yard signs yard signs are just annoying and if it wasn't
0: for that big yard sign industry (laughs) although i think there is a big factory in kansas city ironically
1: there are so many and uh the mailing industry—I mean, just yeah. can't, politics hasn't really. I mean, we see all the like the content and what we're seeing on social media and ads, and but as far as like still doing direct mailers because you know people are going to open their mailbox. Exactly. Still doing TV on network TV commercials because you know the uh, upper the uh, elderly or the people above sixty-five are going to watch local news, and still doing uh, yard signs. I get
0: pitched on people. yellow pages like every week. Like saying, you "Hey." Considered it
1: once, because lawyers do it, yeah.
0: and they make a fortune off of those ads. So I mean, yeah, I guess it does work for for some. Otherwise, people wouldn't be doing it. But I mean, what's next for you? What? Good question. So you Hopefully, hit, you hit maybe, the big... maybe you can let me invest
1: in one of your companies. Okay, <laughs> deal. You heard it here first. No, no, I want to continue to grow, um, both uh, learn, have purpose, um, and like try to try to continue to grow both uh, from morally uh, character i mean just always kind of trend, trending upwards in business culture yep. um,
0: so do you take it one day at a time or i mean obviously not, you, like you in said an
1: interview process if you said what do you want to be doing in five to ten years i'd yeah. be like i'm not the right guy to answer that question
0: because i but i know that's in in your mind because you did mention hey you know by 10 years yeah, i, I want to have something figured yeah, out yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if I mean I did, that in I, the best I, way I, possible.
1: I, I think I've done fairly okay, uh, as far as financial oh, and, 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 uh, doing stuff locally and working with clients, but I want to continue to do that. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to take on leadership positions in, in civic areas in uh, uh, nonprofit areas in community areas. I want to continue to work on development projects and things that are making Kansas City a better place. Um, I just want to be involved uh, and yeah. I'm not a person who has to make up tons of money. I just, sure. I like being involved. I like helping people. I like connecting with people. Uh, and I think that's the but key But at some point. I do not want to be just client services nonstop.
0: Sure. And I, but I think being involved is one of the best things that people can do to find fulfillment and happiness. So
1: I think I'm, a commitment or yeah, like being, being involved, being committed to your community. Uh, Building relationships. I mean, it could
0: listening. be a youth, a third-grade basketball team, you know, and you just go out and be that best third-grade basketball coach you can be.
1: See, I'd I love to one. I don't have any kids yet, but hopefully I'll be able to do that. A friend yeah. of mine is now coaching in the Brookside Soccer League.
0: We just bought our son a Little Tykes basketball goal, and I think I've taken more shots on it than Henry has at this point. But
1: Good for you. You know, Now, are you going to teach them golf because you're a good golfer? I,
0: I would hope so. You know, actually, I have more hope for our daughter, Summer, to play golf I feel like it's every that's, father's dream, right? That's the real niche because uh, I've had uh, friends that have gone on to college scholarships w- with golf on the female side.
1: Yeah, I just watch these tournaments and these fathers uh, with their kids, and I'm like, man, what a life! Like, I mean, you're. It you're is, tired and of and your I, I don't want to push them. I'm not going to be. <laughs> I'm not going to be
0: a pushy dad, but I would be very excited, obviously, if that something like that happened.
1: I hope so. I hope so for you, and I hope that one day I can. My son or daughter will be better at any at sports than I ever was. So. I mean,
0: that's par- every parent's dream. It's just to have their kids have a slightly or even way better life than they. Next had.
1: generation, even better than the yeah. last generation. You know, I I I, I think I'm aligned with you on all these things, man. That's cool. I'm surprised we haven't started a podcast yet. We need to. <laughs> Let's do it.
0: Oh man. Well, hey, I appreciate your time, Jason Grill. Hopefully, and-
1: I, I I was. I should talk about some fun things on the show. You know, I think happiness is important and I think it's a state of mind. Yep. Um, I think that you really can positive people really control, uh, their happiness. And I don't know when you help people, you seem to be more happy. And when you oh, elevate 100%. others, you seem to be a happier person. So my, my take is just continue to be involved in your local community, your city, your, your, your church, whatever it is. Um, uh, hundred percent because that's the only way the city and our community is going to get better is if we all kind of work together and to make it better and that yeah. builds
0: happiness couldn't set it better myself that's perfect he Basically. wrote that
1: for me ladies and gentlemen yeah. <laughs> thanks for reading into the teleprompter <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time this yeah. is fun man yeah absolutely thank you it's been great to be on the air yeah
0: talk with you soon yes hopefully uh, we'll do a podcast at your bar
1: yes we'll have a, we'll have the keg ready to go for
0: you and a cold <laughs> drink hey it'll be fun Hey everyone, it would mean a great deal to me if you would please subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, be well and be happy.